Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Knicks win, advancing to the second round. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show. We're gonna skip all the formalities, all that good shit. Knicks fucking win, one hundred six ninety five, beating the Cavs in five, advancing to the second round for the first time since two thousand thirteen. I mean, what a fucking game by Mitchell Robinson. I mean, I think that's I, I think that's where we. <laughs> I think that's where we start off tonight's show. Um, this guy was a man amongst the boys, absolutely bitching Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, just absolutely fucking dominating them. They didn't know what the hell to do with him. They, there was a point in the game where they had to send like four bodies and like one of their bodies ended up on the floor just to get a rebound over Mitch Robinson. What a game. Schwinn, how you feeling? Feeling great. Uh, I feel great. I feel vindicated. Uh, I feel fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, that's the best. That's probably the best three. That's probably the best three games he's played in a row. Um, you know, it's same for RJ. But I think with Mitch, it's like always, you know, he, he's always been valuable. But you kind of like, you know, he had his ups and downs. And then like some of the shit he does is kind of unheralded. And also like with Biggs, it's just hard to know how effective they're going to be come playoff time. Um, You know, Mitchell Robinson, obviously built for the grind. Jared Allen, 16 game player. Yeah. Jared Allen, more of like a preseason player. Um, So that was, that was great. RJ playing the way he did. Honestly, he probably should have gotten more shots. Um, He was great tonight. After the first half, he probably would have had like 20 in the first half. If he didn't pick up, get into foul trouble. He was awesome tonight. Um, Josh Hart, Fucking great. Manual quickly. Really, really valuable contributions. Oh, what a fucking game for me. Obi Toppin. Great fucking step up in the second half, especially. Uh, I Heart didn't get to play that much tonight. I thought his first half was good. And honestly, I thought his second half was fine, but Tibbs was just like, nope, we're not fucking around here. Nope, fuck, nope. Just playing our best five guys. Uh, he was great. Tibbs was awesome tonight. The fact that he went small as fast as he did, um, I thought that was a really good adjustment. It forced the cat. The Cavs actually ended up going small too. Um, and we had, we totally dominated those minutes. Um, he, he pushed a lot of the right buttons and you got to say at the end of the day, look at all the names I just listed, all the different guys that contributed. Julius Randall, by the way, awesome. Awesome. First half. Really minutes, got injured. Yeah. That was like, I needed to see that. I think he needed to see that. I think Tyrese definitely needed to see I that. Fucking <laughs> that. Yeah, Tyrese definitely needed to see that. Like everybody needed to see that. That was really, really good for him. I loved that layup he had where he literally just like, Contorted his body. He just went into Evan Mobley and was like, He realized Mobley was 195 pounds soaking wet. It took him five games. It took him five games. So he finally realized that he could fucking dominate like that. He he was awesome. It wasn't just the scoring. I mean, his passing, his playmaking really set the tone early. Um, Him and Brunson, I thought Brunson's first quarter, he actually, I thought Brunson didn't play that well after the first quarter, but the first quarter was huge. We really needed that. Um, And, you know, look, look at all the names we just listed. You know, Jalen Brunson. That's a guy that they cleared cap space for controversially. Isaiah Harnstein, a guy they cleared cap space for controversially. Mitchell Robinson, a guy they chose to resign. Julius Randle, a guy they chose to extend and then keep after what was could only be described as a horrific season last year. RJ Barrett, a guy they chose to resign. Emmanuel Quickly, draft pick. OB Toppin, draft pick. Josh Hart, a guy they acquired at the trade deadline. Like, and they probably wouldn't have been able to acquire him if they didn't do or if they did do the Mitchell trade. Um, so like all of these 
pieces. This is the culmination of like three years worth of fucking work. This is what you're seeing. This is like what it's supposed to look like. And it's fucking awesome as a fan. And like, we didn't even talk about Quentin Grimes because he was hurt. He didn't play today. Um, you know, we didn't even mention Deuce McBride who barely played today but and barely has played in this series. But when he did play, had fucking Donovan Mitchell in the torture chamber. And honestly, I think Mitchell has been, I think he's like noticeably been worse since that point in, in game four. Um, and he can think about that over his long, Rattled. long summer uh, in the wonderful, warm confines of Cleveland. Um, but yeah, this is like a credit to the everybody in the organization, players, coaches, the front office. This is awesome. And like, if you're a Knicks fan, um, one celebrate. Yeah, one celebrate. Two, if you spent ninety percent of the year crying about not training for Don Mitchell, you're a fucking loser and go fuck yourself. And you don't deserve to celebrate tonight. You're you the only ce- fan. No, you you no, can still celebrate. No, you can still celebrate. No, but I'm gonna side eye you. I'm gonna side eye you. <laughs> you can't celebrate until tomorrow that's the rule you can't celebrate until tomorrow if you were crying about donovan mitchell all year you have to sulk tonight with him and all those losers in cleveland especially darius garland who was flopping like fucking fish tonight tell like darius garland loser. to pick his mandible off the floor bro that that was embarrassing he was starting to flop he was doing anything they talk they about really- Cleveland really tried to do the guard guard screening just like us, and it was like a fucking absolute failure. Darius Garland, Garland, Garland can't like set a screen. He says screens like a wimp. He says screens like swim. What are we doing I'm, here? I'm a good screen setter for my size. Relax. You're five that's, eight. It's one of the only good things I do in the basketball floor. Give me that. <laughs> uh, but no, I Garland was shook. He was so shook in this game. I don't care how many points he ended up with. That he had a possession in the fourth quarter where. It, clearly, Lavert set a moving screen on quickly, who like fell to the ground. They didn't call it. He was wide open from three, hesitated. He definitely traveled. He 100% traveled there, didn't shoot it, then drove into the lane, traveled again, gave it to Mobley, who, who, who traveled again. And then he put up some ridiculous shot over Mitch that had no chance of going in. But that possession, I was just like, when I saw that possession, I was like, Darius Garland is done. Like, he, he's this, this is not. He's checked I think out. he's I, I and like that the series is over, so I don't really care. Like I think Darius Garland's going to be an awesome player. It was not going to happen for him this year. I, like that that when I once I saw, I mean, I was thinking that the entire game, but that sequence, I was like, yeah, all right, we're we're good as long as like Mitchell doesn't go on some fucking crazy heater here, we are good. Um, but yeah, Mitchell Robinson in that fourth quarter, that was his quarter. Like he uh, he he the just the Knicks he, scored. They barely scored in the fourth quarter, but like it didn't even matter because Mitchell Robinson just absolutely cleaned the glass. Like, well, their best offense was like get into the paint and miss, and then Mitchell, well, Mitchell Robinson up. could like yeah. satisfy. Pat, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they had to waste so much time because he kept getting offensive rebounds. It's <laughs> awesome. Josh Hart was awesome in the fourth quarter. Um, also, just in terms of like him and Mitch, just totally dominated the glass. And I, you know, for Cleveland, like. I don't want to talk too much about them today. I mean, we're going to talk about plenty about them anyway. Um, but like, make fun of them. Yeah, we're going to make fun of them. But like, on a very serious note, if you are paying a starting center $20 million a year and you drafted Evan Mobley second overall and you were committed to this front court, you cannot, you cannot get fucking destroyed on the glass the way they did in this series. You can't. You absolutely can't. That was embarrassing. And I know Evan Mobley's a second-year player, and I know, like, I get that. They got destroyed on the glass in the second half when we didn't even have fucking Randall. Like, that was an embarrassing shit show of a performance from them. The fact that they were getting destroyed on the glass when we had Hart playing the motherfucking four to close the game is insane. Like, Josh Hart is a fucking special rebounder for his eyes. If you are playing two bigs 
you need to own the glass in that scenario. And they couldn't own it even a little bit. That was a dominating performance. That was a dominating, not just game. The last three games of this series were a complete and utter mismatch. Just a total shit show. We outclassed them across the board. We have better depth. Shout out to the people that were like, depth doesn't matter in the playoffs. Matt, um, I'm looking at you, you bald fuck. Come outside. <laughs> yeah, like all that shit. Like this was, again, I, I can only say this. This was the culmination of three years worth of work by the front office. A lot of decisions that were made. Some popular, most unpopular, uh, a lot divisive. And they've, you know, they've been patient. They've held the line in a lot of scenarios, in a lot of scenarios. They didn't make the Mitchell trade, which would have been the easy, that would have been the kind of the easy win, right? Oh, let's just trade for Mitchell. Everybody will love him. Great. They didn't do that. They held the line. They wouldn't give up the value Utah, Utah wanted them to give up. And, you know, look, we got it. I think all three of us and a lot of Knicks fans should also give them credit. Like, especially now, the way RJ Barrett's come on in this three games since, uh, you know, he found love again, uh, they were justified in extending the man too. And and he, at least it looks that way. And he's played, he played at a high, high level these last three games. Uh, I thought quite frankly, I thought quite frankly, he was much better than Mitchell in these last three games. He was much better than Garland in these last three games. So uh, talk deserves, about it. Yeah, talk he, about he, it. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. Yeah. He, he deserves a ton of credit. Um, and, and, and you know, like, honestly, right. the best part of, like, fandom is when you support a guy or whatever through, like, bad times. And, uh, you know, Tyrese got to do that this year with Randall. But, like, all the people that were just, like, backing RJ, even when he was – I don't care. I'm not going to back off this. When he was playing like shit for most of the year, uh, they should enjoy the fuck out of this moment because this is, this is what the best part of being a fan is. Yeah, I mean, like, he literally was the headliner of the Donovan Mitchell trade package all summer. And all year, he shit himself, and everybody was like, damn, we probably should have gave him up for Donovan Mitchell. And then here he is outplaying him on the biggest stage. Donovan Mitchell, man. I mean, he's got the flash. <sighs> That's all he did this series was show. <laughs> he's, he's got the flashy name, but, man, did not show up when it mattered most once again. I and bl- outplayed like Jalen Brunson. That would be nice. Damn, loser. Let me get my shit off real quick. Look, I want Donovan Mitchell. I ain't going to lie about it. As soon as he started, I was like, fuck him. Who cares? And people cried and moaned and bitched and Stephen A. Smith their way to talking about Donovan Mitchell and then trying to make this series as a referendum on the trade. And all of a sudden now it's, oh, since the, Cle- the Cavs still lost the series, but it's okay because they got Donovan Mitchell. No, he got mollywopped. He got smacked. He got destroyed. He got filleted and flamboyed. He is whack and Brunson better. Are we like... This is, I just want to throw this out there too. Like all year I had to hear about how like he's a first team all NBA guy, superstar this, super like, I didn't get, we got like what one arguable, maybe superstar performance from him in game one. And it was the lost. first game. Like he was not good in this series at all. And this is the second year in a row. He's had a playoff series where he's just not good. Um, I don't think that means he's forever. Like he's done ever being a good playoff player again but he is i mean there just needs to be a more like realistic conversation about this guy because he's just not a top like he's not i, I don't care if he makes whatever all nba team makes makes this year i'm not i don't think he's a top 15 player in the league and at at even if he is he's barely there like he he's not that guy top 15 guys don't lose in the first round every single year uh and you know, look, I think Garland's going to be a hell of a player. 
I don't think Garland is this like they kept getting called like oh four all stars, four all stars, four all stars. They have one guy who's a perennial all star on that team, Mitchell. And he's not a, like I don't think he's a perennial all NBA guy, so that's kind of a different level of player. Garland's not a perennial all star yet, anyways. Mobley's definitely not yet. Allen never will be. Like look, I, I'm not gonna try and act like I I thought that it was a bad move for them. But you kind of you lost to a team that basically punted on the opportunity that you took and you guys played head to head in the playoffs and you had home court advantage and you get your ass kicked it. Like you got your fucking, you guys need training. You ever get, you ever get your ship pushed in? Yeah. The Cavs have gotten their ship pushed in. We just saw it for like the last fucking three games of this series. Uh, that was embarrassing for them. And I don't really know what their plan is moving forward. I don't even know what the fuck they can do. But I will tell you that I don't think a wing, uh, a wing platoon of Chetty Osman, Isaac Okoro, Lamar Stevens. Uh, I, I'm not the sure that's going to. Yeah, they, they really Lamar put Stevens. Lamar Stevens in as like their last ditch effort to like <laughs> find any semblance He's a of dog. something. My favorite thing about the like every single game that we played against the Cavs this year has to be that we've beat them in every single way imaginable. And like, somehow people thought they were better because we got a net rating of warp. Well, they they all we also like this is I can't stress this enough. I think the Cavs were the third or fourth best home record. They had the third or fourth best home record in the league this year. Mm-hmm. The Knicks won three out of five against them this entire season, including the playoffs in their building. They won two out of three in the playoffs in their building. They won this game by double digits. Um, They beat them this year. Okay. This year they beat them five. No, sorry. Jesus. They beat them seven out of nine times, nine times. If you've ever seen Ferris Bueller's day off Uh, like seven out of nine times, that is domination. That's domination. That is, that is, you are unequivocally, better than that team there's no question about that if you beat a team seven out of nine times you are unequivocally better than them across the board full stop and like you said we beat them in every possible way we beat them with uh we we beat them without heart right the first time we beat them was literally when we changed our rotation for the first time we beat them without julius randall in the last game of the regular season we beat them without mitch we beat them with Randall missing a half in the biggest game of the season. We beat them without Grimes. Like we beat them, like you said, in every possible way. We beat them in could. shootouts. Yeah, we, we beat them in gritty, like 91, 82 battles. We beat them in absolute blowouts, like in game three. We beat them in. We've held them to their things. two lowest point totals of the fucking year and the po- <laughs> the lowest point total of any NBA team this year. Like this is, this is complete and utter domination. This is, you are not built to play this team. And. Uh, you know, I, I get. I, I mentioned this. I actually found this pretty interesting yesterday. Uh, the shot quality account uh, tweeted out like kind of the shot quality scores of the series, and the Knicks had beaten them uh, in shot quality in every game in the series. And I asked him, you know, what were the shot quality scores for the regular season? And the Knicks had beaten them in shot quality in every game of the regular season, except except for the one game that Mitchell Robinson didn't play. Mitchell Robinson. Brunson was awesome. Everybody there, everybody can take credit for this series. This was really like a great team win or team win series, whatever. 
Mitchell Robinson has his imprint all over this series. Like that, that's again, those last three games are just him and RJ Barrett in a lot of ways. Those guys were fucking awesome. And Mitch, especially to dominate their front court like that and, and just thoroughly outclass and win that matchup without Randall really contributing that much. Like aside from the first half today, you know, the Randall hasn't been that great. And to dominate that matchup to that level is crazy. Also shout out Hartenstein who deserves credit for that too. He, he was great in the series. Um, but just across the board, everybody that played in the series contributed, you know, even Quentin Grimes banked in a three. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's good. He, he banked in two shots in the series, one intentional, one, not so much. Uh, Deuce was good. Like everybody that played he had was, some jitters. Yeah. He'll everybody that played it, was awesome. And all the coaches deserve a lot of credit and all, all the, the front office again, deserves arguable to it. say Knicks had the four most impactful players in this series. Like not easily. Arguable. Not arguable. Like they did. Then Mitch, JB, had... Hart, RJ, especially the way RJ turned it up those last three games, like that absolutely turned Quickly around. Quickly was more impactful than everybody on the on the fucking Cavs. On the Cavs yeah. bench for sure, definitely. They had five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, e- even without his scoring, his defense was incredible. Um, his defense was incredible today again, once again. Um, yeah, I I think um one thing with him, and and this is kind of like where I really think adding Brunson and adding Hart has really been worthwhile. And this isn't just about quickly. I still think like with him and RJ and Obi and some of these young guys, you get in these kind of high leverage situations. And when they are expected to create the advantages or make key decisions, they maybe are still a little bit inexperienced and don't quite have the temperament yet to make the proper plays um, in the right amount of time. And I think like the play that, I thought really basically sealed the game for us was Brunson called Hart to set the screen. They trapped Brunson. He slipped the pass to Hart and Hart lobbed it to Mitch. Like I know quickly can make that pass. I know RJ can make that pass. I don't know if they would have been able to execute it in that moment, in that situation, the way that like Brunson connected with Hart, the way that Hart connected with Mitch. So, um, like, and, and, you know, we saw that a little bit down the stretch, right? Like, Quickly kind of rushed a corner three, airballed it. Fucking RJ threw that. I don't know what he was thinking on that transition lob to Mitch. That was a little crazy one. But, like, that's okay. That These are why you need them to get these experiences. And uh, that's why you got Josh Hart, right? That's why you got Jalen Brunson, because they already have those experiences. So, um, again, I just can't say enough about really every level of what, it means to be a New York Knicks fan in terms of the, you know, look, evaluating the front office, evaluating the coaching staff, evaluating the players, all of it um, really, really came together this season. Um, and you saw it all in this series. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read off some stats. I mean, so, you know, here's one RJ Barrett in the three games since Zach Lowe asked, is he ever going to have a good playoff game? 22 points per game four seven four point seven 4.7 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 55.8% from the field, 64 true shooting plus 33, three and oh, shout out RJ Barrett for turning it around when we needed him the most. He showed up. Um, we got some Mitch Robinson stats. Um, just absolute like tomfoolery with these stats Mitch Robinson versus the Cavs bigs 13 points 18 rebounds two steals three blocks Cavs bigs combined 10 points 13 rebounds zero steals one soft block. 
absolute domination. Last two players with 10-plus offensive rebounds, two steals, and three blocks in a playoff game, Mitch Robinson and Shaquille O'Neal. I always said Mitch was it was Mitch and Shaq one, too. <laughs> Just absolute insanity by Mitch Robinson. This was his game. Shout-out to Obi Toppin. I don't think we talked about, enough, uh, talked about him enough stepping into the – Starting role basically as soon as Randall got hurt with the injury, and we will probably talk about that injury later. Um, but I mean, Obi Shopping showed off like the full bag. Like he even pulled, he even pulled the the pull up midi. Like when's the last time we seen Obi pull that up? Like he was really feeling himself. He had um the windmill dunk, the two threes. Like he just had it all. So shout out to him for you know giving us that scoring punch when we needed it. Um, and he wasn't bad on defense. Like everyone assumes that he is just because, you know, he's not snarling and he's not dark skin. Like, you know, everyone else like projects on defensive players. Um, Terry, how'd you feel about Obi tonight? I know you have a thing about Obi. Yeah. I, you know, you know me, Obi Toppin supporter never switched up. All Um, right. Hey man, I'm telling the truth. You can't tell me otherwise. Uh, your tweets say otherwise. I don't know what you're talking about. Those aren't me. I got hacked. Uh, Obi Toppin played a really good game. Can't really complain. That third quarter was huge. Um, I think he scored all 12 of his points in the third quarter. If not, maybe like 10 out of 12. But like that third quarter was deflating as all hell. Like you put in the backup and the backup is outperforming your star. Like that that's a backbreaker for a team. Especially when like if you're the Cavs, even though like he gets hurt, you're probably thinking to yourself, Oh hey, we got a time. We got a chance to like really make a game out of this series now. Um, and he just comes in and he just whips out his nuts and just drags them all over your face. Like, what do you do in that game? That has to be deflating as all hell. It's like you can't get an offensive rebound. Their second best player in theory goes down, and all of a sudden you like you're trying to get back into the game, and like the eighth man off the bench is out here giving you buckets. That's that's a heartbreaker, and I think that just speaks to how good he's been um, when he's been called upon. It's like the Rock Lee thing, where as soon as he knows that he's not going to get pulled immediately, and he knows he can make mistakes, he just starts come out and hooping. It's actually kind of hilarious, but like, yeah, man, uh, great game from Obi Toppin uh, in the shadow of Dayton. So you got Dayton Obi tonight with the windmill, with the threes, with the energy. Great game from him. Yeah. All right. What part of this should we get to next? I mean, Emmanuel quickly, 19 points. Oh, I didn't even PP at 19. Sheesh. Shout out my son with his his playoff breakout game. And what what better time to do it than on the road in a closeout game? Um, you know, it with with these games, it's rough because um, we've seen the last couple of days teams up three one have a really rough time on at home. Um, Denver, Phoenix, um, Boston, who lost the other day, hilariously. Um, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's rough being up three one, and you know the other team has players that can give you fits. Um, but shout out to the Knicks for you know prevailing through all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, even late when Donovan Mitchell started to hit some bullshit threes and you know early in the game when Okoro and Karis LeVert and Chetty Osmond decided they weren't going to miss from three um the Knicks responded well to every single Cleveland Cavs run um just shows the resilience that we've seen all year from this team 
Um, and it just gives you that much more confidence in them heading into this next matchup, whether it be Miami or Milwaukee, um, but especially Miami. Um, but yeah, I mean, wow. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this this team. They they just tough as nails and they just make you keep believing. Um, I think now is the perfect time to get to some comments. Shout out to everyone that's in here. We got 47 viewers. Make sure you guys are hitting that like button and subscribing. We're on our way to 1K subs. <clears throat> um, well, Clyde Frazier asked, did any writers, analysts, experts have Nixon five? If so, give them a hearty high five. No, I, I'm actually, I'm actually looking on Twitter right now and especially on ESPN, a, almost every single reporter that they asked picked like at least Cleveland in six or seven. Um, which I guess and is it, like a little bit, yeah. I guess it's a little bit respect to us, you know, for, you know, them not picking Cleveland to like win in five or, or four. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone really picked the Knicks to really win in five. Most people that picked the Knicks either picked them in six or seven, including most of us at the Strickland. <laughs> um, we kind of gave the Cavs a little bit of grace. Um, yeah, but- I mean, I feel like it's it's funny. I, I, I said before the series started, if Randall was healthy, I had the Knicks in six. If he wasn't, I had the Cavs in six. I guess I came to the right conclusion, but in the very weird, most stupid weird way. way? <laughs> uh, but like, honestly, we might not have needed Randall to, to beat them. It's like, which is not even a knock on Randall at this point. It's just like, I don't it's know. Knock on Cleveland? Yeah, like, I just don't weak. know if we really needed him. Um, but yeah, I, but I mean, I don't even blame most people for not having like Knicks in five, right? Like that's not, I didn't think the Cavs would win five. I didn't think I... I don't think either, like, if anybody was being reasonable, I don't think either anybody would pick a team in five. But, like, it felt like a game, a series that was going to go six or seven. And, yeah, I mean, not I, it's not just that, you know, they won. I, I, I really think, like, winning a series on the road, too, and especially given, like, Randall doesn't play the second half. So you have to get these contributions from, like, 22-year-old R.J. Barrett, right? 23-year-old Emmanuel Quickly. 25-year-old Obi Top and 25-year-old Mitchell Robinson, all these guys that you picked and drafted and developed and whatever. Um, and, like, I think for them to have that experience on the road, that can be really not just – I think that can give you a really big boost um, in a lot of ways. you got to think, like, their confidence now. Like, they've – I mean, this team has won and overcome so much this season, and they've won in all these different scenarios without different guys. And it, it's just like – I don't know. I really like when they say, you know, they kind of like didn't care who they played to an extent. I mean, not that it mattered because they were almost locked in to play Cleveland for a long time. Um, like, I don't really think they do. I, I really don't think they care. Like, I, I kind of think they're fine playing whoever they play because they actually do have the confidence in themselves that they can overcome whatever is thrown at them. Um, and look, uh, Miami's up like, three right now at the end of the first quarter. I still kind of think I can't believe that Miami's going to keep scoring at the level they're scoring. This is fucking insane. But um, like if Miami does get through, uh, I mean, that's a great matchup for the Knicks. The Knicks beat them also uh, three times in the regular season. Um, that's a great matchup for the Knicks. And like, you're talking about a team now, there's a chance they, that a path can open up to the Eastern conference finals. And that's, pretty wild to think about but like whatever happens from here on out like i'm sorry this this season is just absolutely a complete fucking success it is the best season the knicks have had since 1999 i know 2013 was fun but it is not the same 
I'm sorry, like this team is starting something. That team was it started and finished something in one year. Like there was nothing that was happening after that season with that roster. This this is totally different. So this to me is a success for a lot of different reasons. They didn't try to do any uh, get rich quick schemes to 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 jump their way up the Eastern Conference standings. They did it in a lot of ways um, that were difficult, that were not traditional, that were not conventional. So um, yeah, this is awesome. This is great. What a great season. This team's fucking awesome. I love them. It's a good time to be a Knicks fan. Great time to be a Knicks fan. Great time. Great time. Immaculate time to be a Knicks fan. All right. Let's see. Um, Walker Frazier also asks, let's say Heat take down the Bucks and Randall's out for the second round. How do you feel about the matchup? I feel actually pretty good because, I yeah, I mean, I feel fine just because, like, this team has shown that they can win in so many different ways against so many different opponents. Um, they showed that now in the playoffs. Um, they won in five with Randall not even playing well until, like, the very last game, and he got hurt in that game. Um, and even then, Obi Toppin was able to step up and basically <clears throat> fill the role that we needed him to do. Um, and the Knicks were able to still win. Um, and especially if the way Bam, Bam seems to be like this hamstring seems to be something that's consistently going to bother him. Throughout the he rest also of the just sucks. So he, he is also just bad in the playoffs, too. So, like, I am not worried about our centers being able to continue this this dominance that they have on the glass and be able to um, win in similar fashions that they did versus Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, I mean. Even against the, the Heat this year, when we beat them, we've beat them in multiple different ways as well. Like it wasn't one single way, um, similar to the way we beat up on the Cavs um, this year. So I feel pretty good about the matchup versus the Heat um, with Randall being out. So I know everyone's going to be like, you know, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler's going to get his. But, you know, as long as you stop the rest of those guys, I'm really not all too worried, honestly. And I, like Schwinn said, I don't expect their offense to be, like, continuously this great. Um, they're hitting threes at a ridiculous rate right now. Um, that has to come down. Like, I just don't see how that's sustainable. But, um, yeah, how do you guys feel about this matchup? It's fucking Gabe, Vincent. Get real. Like what you want me to say? Oh, I'm so Fair. scared of Gabe Vincent. Oh, Duncan Robinson. Oh my God, I can't. What are, we, what are the answers for the guy? What is his voice? <laughs> Some of us have allergies. Fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> sounds like you're soft. Josh Hart doesn't get. He doesn't believe in allergies. Look, man, I'm not. Or injuries, <laughs> or uh, you know, fucking getting tired ever. Okay, well, some of us believe in fucking Zyrtex. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, like. I'm sorry, dude. Caleb Martin, Kevin Love, Gabe Vincent. Like, the books are old, and they're slowing down. I mean, Chris Middleton has 17 on seven shots, but, like, it's Chris Middleton, so I don't really care. Um, yeah, man. I, this is just, they're not a good matchup for Miami. They're just old, and I think I think we're better equipped to handle the, um, the Schmidt, the Heat. Uh... What? I sneezed. Is there something you're trying to tell us, Tyrese? I sneezed. Anyway. All right. Yeah. What is going on here? I have no <laughs> allergies. He said the shmeat and then he said the heat. No. So I was like. No, I. Okay. 
I'm, you I'm hear me still like the entire time, right? Okay. The Heat, H-E-A-T, the Miami Heat, that played Miami, to clarify. But yeah, I, I, I think we beat them in six. I think this team has dangerous aspirations that I cannot say out loud in fear of jinxing it. All right. I will say any given Sunday. <laughs> what is? What the fuck was that? What? That was the weirdest. Oh, all right, Sam. Just I don't know. What, like, what is your problem? That was like not a complete thought. You were just like, I can't say what I'm gonna think. I'm saying I have, <laughs> this team has aspirations that I do not want to say out loud. Jesus. Oh my god. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Why do you have a problem with that expressing themselves? You're not expressing yourself. That's the entire fucking point. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. We're off we, the you rails know, we're already. giving you a platform, you know, oh. to express yourself. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. Truth social. That's the platform. Yes. <laughs> Tyrese is Texas. Texas is taking over Tyrese. Parlor? <laughs> <laughs> The, the Strickland on parlor. <laughs> yeah, we got to get on all social media, you know. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Jojo Liddy. He says, I forgot Mitch. I guess he made a comment earlier that I didn't see. Um, but he said, how could I forget Mitch? This level of dominance was not something I ever expected. And it's gratifying to see the front office's faith in him pay off. Yeah, I mean, Mitch had a rough season last year. Um, I think we can all agree to that. Um, no. Tyrese, really? He didn't have a rough season last year. He started off rough because he was out of shape and he was fine. He was fine. Literally. Yeah, but I mean, we that saw- was a rough beginning was- to the year Who, for Mitch? him. Yeah, for Mitch last, last year. year this- yeah, last year. No, last year was just a bad season for him. He was out of shape. He clearly did not rehab well. Like, I'm sure that he took care of just basic stuff, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't I mean, take he- care of his conditioning. There was literally a video they posted where he called himself fat and they had to pull the video. They pulled it. Like, Knicks actually pulled the video themselves. Um, and you could see it throughout the year. He was not, you know, he, he had some stretches where he'd play well, but then he wasn't, he'd struggle for five and ten games. It was not, it was a very up and down year. He was coming back from a serious injury, so that's part of it. You know, maybe that's kind of just, like, part of the package of getting him, you know, to where he needed to be. But um, that doesn't really like and i i think it it was a risk for them to re-sign him i think um i i was pretty much on the record of saying like i would have rather paid him a three-year deal for more money than giving him a fourth year clearly i was wrong um because he looks he looks great this is the best he's played in his career he looks like he's just it's not even just that he's playing better this season than he's played in his career it's also like the um he's peaking like he's peaking right now you know, he, he's he's playing his best ball at the best fucking time possible. And he did it in a matchup that we absolutely needed him to to kind of be at his best. So, yeah, I, I think he he's, you know, the, I, what can you say? This guy is like, I mean, you talk about wanting to draft and develop guys and keep them around and blah, blah, blah. Not just myself. A lot of people at various points are ready to like move on or trade him or wanted to a different center, a center that did this, under that thing. People they wanted Andre Drummond. Oh, that was a that, People that wanted was. Andre Drummond over him, man. 
that was, was that was racist. That was that was crazy. Uh, but like all that, and um, you know, like the front office didn't even they didn't pick him. Um, and I'm sure they that they were they, yeah, and I'm sure there were conversations about trading him that they had, but like they kept him and then they extended him and. You know, uh, T- Tibbs is probably the biggest reason that, like, he's still here because he's valued Mitch from the day he walked in. And, um, like, good on him because look at what we're getting right now. He, that was, again, I, I can't say enough about, like, like uh, defensive rebounding in general is, like, it, it drives me absolutely crazy when the Knicks don't defensive rebound well. That's why the first 23 games this year – were like fucking brutal for me because I'm just like, how is it possible that nobody on this team can get a defensive rebound? And they've been the best defensive re- rebounding team in the league um, since then. And they have, they dominated the glass in the series. And that's so much of that is Mitch. So much of that is Mitch. So yeah, he is, he's been great. He's been dominant. His defense at the rim, the way he protected the paint this series, the work on the glass. Uh, his screen setting has been better. Like he's he's just peaking in all the right ways at the exact time you need him to. So um, yeah, he he's deserves so much credit. And yeah, he's great. Yeah, he is great. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at this now. Jalen Brunson overall eight and three versus Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, two and zero series wise. That is his son. Donovan Mitchell is Jalen Brunson's son. Well, Drew Holiday just made a pull-up three, so he probably won't make one for the rest of the game now. Oh my God! That was it. (laughs) He's gonna hit. He's gonna hit some like crazy weird ass step back three later, and that's gonna be it. (laughs) He has those two in his bag. When when they're down, when they're down, fucking. Yep. Oh, and also like the people that were like finding reasons to cry about Mitch this year because he would post some stupid thing on social media. Please stop. Like I enough like we don't need to care about mitchell robinson randomly deciding to be emo about not getting post touches on social media it's fine he's fine he he will be clearly did not impact his effort yeah he will be fine especially after he sees all the praise um that he's getting on twitter people are are joking about him being on the level of you know bill simmons is tweeting who's better him will chamberlain or bill Bill russell you know he's putting up shack numbers you mean you got I mean, the my favorite part about this is people discovering Mitchell Robinson for like the first time, or at least like not knowing how much of an impact he has. Nobody because a lot of people don't. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was about to say that nobody watches the Knicks, so nobody knows that we knew Mitchell Robinson had this in him. I mean, a lot of us like during the Atlanta Hawks series, we were like, "Damn, we could really use Mitchell Robinson right now," because like he would have helped a ton. And people were like, "Oh, you know, they didn't really think much of it at the time." But I mean, looking back now, you see like hindsight is of course 2020 but we were all right and we're all vindicated now um but yeah i mean mitch robinson is just freaking amazing and i'm glad you know <laughs> national media is being put onto him um because you know okay mr robinson, robinson just said that rj barrett is coming with great energy then he and RJ started giggling uncontrollably on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell had now pulled his hoodie over his face while RJ talks. Oh That's Mitchell Robinson. Who, t- who tweeted that? That was all uh, cats. They're great. I need to see the video. Where's the next videos? Uh, they're not posting that one. <laughs> they have they to. They have to. Come on. Um, 
Ace Bouchard says, honestly, the Cavs would have been better off keeping those picks and being the lottery team they were destined to be this year. They don't have enough talent to be taken seriously. I mean, hey, when you look back at it, man, that package is kind of funny, man, that they gave up. What was it? Four first-round picks, whatever it was. Um, Larry Markinen, Colin Sexton, Ochai Chabi, Ochai Agbaji, um, who ended up actually turning out to be a pretty solid rookie this year. Um, great three-point shooter. They could have used that. Um, definitely in this series. <laughs> they had Lamar Stevens and Chetty Osmond and Karis LeVert trying to hit threes and Isaac Okoro. Um, they could have definitely used Ari Market in this series. It would have helped them a ton on you know, wing scoring. Um, but yeah, I mean, how do, how do you guys feel about, I mean, I mean we're going to laugh about the Cavs a whole bunch today um, and foreseeable future. Um, but instant thoughts on the Cavs. Uh, they need to trade Jared Allen immediately. Like, that's not going to work. You cannot have two. Like, for the regular season, sure, it could work. But in a playoff context, they're just going to not – they're not going to respect Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in the paint until one of them is able to space the floor. And it's probably going to have to be Mobley spacing the floor. And if Mobley can space the floor, then why the hell would you want Jared Allen on the team? It makes no sense to me. Um, they have no wings. Isaac Okor is not a wing. Isaac Okor is a fraud. He doesn't count. Shetty Osmond is a shell of himself. And fucking Lamar Stevens is a meme. He is an energy guy. He's our he's their Derek Rose. He should not be treated as a rotation player. The fact that the, anybody in the Knicks match would be their fifth best player is disheartening if you're the Cavs. Especially when you make a top heavy trade like that. The problem is they also have like little assets to Resign. Well, they, they have little assets to actually make trades. Like they can use the MLE, and that's kind of it. Like they have their biannual exception, which is like four dollars. <laughs> Doesn't really matter much. They had Karis LeVert's bird rights. You're not getting anything from Karis LeVert, nor should you. Karis LeVert fucking stinks. Don't find up by the way. Fuck out of here. Um, but yeah, like it's gonna take a while for them to like hit their groove, and it doesn't help that. They gave up all their assets in that trade. So, you know, all I can say is, I'm fine in the East. All right, I'm fine in the East out here. <laughs> the the cat, the Cavs. I, I don't. I, I still think like it's a reasonable risk for them to have taken to, to trade for Donovan Mitchell. I get it. You're not in a market that stars are going to come to very often. Um, you think Cleveland's cool? <laughs> uh, I don't like to quote Joe Kim Noah, but I think Joe Kim Noah and Noah had the right idea. Um, but, <laughs> but like, uh, look, a city where that has chosen to embrace Deshaun Watson is not my idea, of course. But, <laughs> but, but leaving that aside, uh, I get why they did that Mitchell trade. I don't think it's like a horrible decision to make, but if you make that trade, you really, really need to make it work with him. He's got two years left on his contract after this, right? Like, so he's got two years left on his deal right now. I believe so. Are are we sure that he's going to stay there after this contract? And, and if he's not, um, like, is he open to it if you make certain changes? What are those changes? What do they need to be? And the only way you can make changes, to Tyrese's point, is, like, 
you have to reshape your roster. And that might mean, you know, we can talk like if they if Mobley is the untouchable guy, which I kind of feel like he probably is. Jared Allen needs to go, but centers don't have great trade value. This is why get them PEDs ready. Go hit up Miami. Yeah, that that he might need to do that, but like this is why centers are just so weird to value. Hit up John Collins for his HGH plug. <laughs> but like, like even Mitch, like as great a series as Mitch just had, I honestly don't know what the hell he would command if we like for whatever reason we're like we're open to trading him, because centers are just really, really, they're usually more valuable to the team they're on than they are in trade or than they are in free agency or whatever. So. I don't think you'd get a lot of value for Jared Allen. You might get like what a first round pick of some variety and like an okay-ish young prospect. That doesn't really make sense if you're in the position Cleveland's in. Okay. I will say this. I think Darius Garland have a shit ton of trade value. Do you want to trade him though? I don't know. But if you're not going to trade Mobley, I don't really know what you're left with. Like it's either trade Garland or Hold the plug on the Mitchell thing right now and shop around this summer. I don't really know what they're going to do. I'm happy we did not put ourselves in a position to have to worry about it. Um, and, yeah, like, good luck to them, I guess. But uh, the way they look, it's funny. Uh, for the longest time, I, I used to always tweet this out every time, like, the the Jazz would lose in the playoffs. But it's like the Jazz are basically – they're just like the San Diego Chargers of the NBA. But, like, every year they have, like, the greatest – fucking foot they have the greatest metrics and they have all this talent and it's their year and then they get to the playoffs and they lose and the Cavs are like what the jazz were and what the chargers will always be um so we'll see um i'm just glad it's not my problem yeah yeah I mean, like, doing anything, by the way. The books are up for right now. Is that what we're calling doing their thing? As a doing the thing. (laughs) I think you said doing their thing. No, doing the thing. Doing their thing would be choking in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Stay to six. Stay to six. That's all we need. What? Who? Udonis Haslam is yelling at somebody here? Of course he is. He's yelling at Brooke Lopez. Is that what's happening? Okay. Why, like, Donis Haslam, I can't wait for this guy to just not be on a bench anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> also, Kendrick Perkins was a prophet about the Cavs. This is crazy. What did he say? He said, I'm legit worried about the Cavs. They are going to win regular season games because they have a lot of talent, but their inconsistency on both ends of the floor is going to be the reason they're going to be your first round exit. Carry the hell on. When did he say that? Also, uh, that was in January. Oh, wow. And then, he like, also said after the yeah. Josh Hart trade, he said that, you know, he puts the Knicks over the Cavs um, to be a second-round team. Shout-out Kendrick Perkins. He's always Kendrick, been here for us. Kendrick Perkins is more real to us than Stephen A. Smith, which is hilarious. Kendrick Perkins is, like, the worst ana- analyst, but he's amazing with the Knicks. So he's the best in my book. Speaking of book, have you read Kendrick Perkins' book? I'm going to now. I should order it. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. I, I feel like we've been shamelessly plugging his book like for like the last couple of months now. Like we've Not talked about it a Carry the hell on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas. Um 
Yeah. I see a lot of people bringing up the cat, the Kevin Love thing. Do we really think he helps them that much? On no, the- he doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. Like Kevin, like maybe maybe defensive rebounding wise, but he'd be unplayable because he didn't give you anything offensively. And their problem was offense, not defense. Like I, I think ultimately speaking, yeah, the guard guard screens were working and stuff like that, but like they were still limiting us points wise. They just could not score, and that was their entire problem the entire series. We they could not score. And they could they didn't have enough opportunities. Like look at their shot chart. They shot 47% from the field, 40% from three, and 80% from the line. Like, and the Knicks won by day, by by eleven because they had more possessions and they just outworked them. They had more possessions and they forced more turnovers. That's how the Knicks win these games. That's like, hilarious. We told Cavs fans, we told everybody the blueprint for how we would win versus the Cavs, and, and everyone was like, no. Nope. I, nope. I, I, I did not believe you. you. I said that this team has a points cap, and they can't get past 120. Hell, they can't even get past 110. They, couldn't they even get can't past- even get past fucking 100. Yeah. <laughs> they can't even get to 100. And like, they had the one game where like they shot the piss out of the ball, and they only scored 107 points. Like, And even that game, that game, they scored 32 of their points in transition. Yeah. They couldn't score for dick. In the fucking, in in the fucking half court, the entire series. That's five games. Like they, they couldn't. They could not do it. The only time, literally, they only scored well against us twice this entire season. One was that weird ass game where they didn't have Allen and we didn't have Randall, and they like Mitchell and Brunson were on heaters. And then the other game was that fluke ass fucking Kevin Love made eight threes game, which is what not that was not a real basketball game. Yeah, because Cam Reddish got minutes. <laughs> had, had to get one in there. Fuck Cam Reddish. Had to get one in there. But, um, yeah, like, that wasn't – like, they couldn't score. This is the problem with the Cavs. They cannot score. That has been their entire problem the entire year, and people just ignored it because their offensive rating was really high. And it's like, great, their offensive rating is really high, but, like, they have no creation and no depth. And they have two guys, and you have and two those guys both have to be on for them to score. So I don't know what people saw, but it clearly was like people were just like looking at the net rating and looking at like you know all these stats and numbers and compiling all the data, and it's like, hey, the Knicks are a really good rebounding team. The Cavs can't rebound. The Knicks are really good at like certain things the Cavs struggle at. And the Knicks have a bunch of bodies they can throw at their two best players. And it turns out that kind of defined the series. So that should not be surprising at all. The only reason why you're surprised is if you just looked at the Cavs regular season sacks across the season and were just like, oh, my God, this team is so dominant. How the hell are we not able to understand what's going on here? Like, if you're just Matt Morgan this shit and looking at, like, basic regular season numbers and just, like, the matchup numbers, then this is confusing to you, but... The way the Knicks routinely dominated that team in a, in a variety of um, scenarios and a variety of different games with a variety of different personnel should have told you that at least the Knicks can make this game competitive, if not win the series. If you thought the series is ending at five for the Cavs, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Like, you would, Mitchell would need to average 30. He had 30 one game, and otherwise he sucked the rest of them. I, I also want to throw this out there with Mitchell. Um he didn't he played really well against the Knicks in Cleveland both times. 
he did not play well at the Garden either time. Um, he especially didn't play well the first time. He had a good fourth quarter the second time they played, but he, he did not play well in those games. He was awful in the Garden in this series, and he was pretty awful. Uh, his first two games were – the first game was good. Second one was fine. You know, he was more of a distributor in that game. He read the floor, whatever. Um, this game was – he was terrible, and again, I really think – like. Hey, look, he talked about it a bunch, right? Oh, I thought I was going to New York. I was right there. I thought I, I was for sure coming, and I was telling my friends. I really feel like he's been pressing to prove, oh, I, they should have traded for me. I feel like that's just in there in the back of his mind, and it it weighed on him. It felt, That's what it felt like to me, watching him this season. We were talking about this in our Discord yesterday, but watching him this season, watching him in this series, felt like a guy that was like really pressing to prove a point, and you know, between that and then Josh Hart just being probably the single most annoying person to have to defend you for an entire series, it did not work out. So, um, yeah, I, I just, again, I I was not, I, I did not want to make the Mitchell trade. Um, I feel very, very happy that Vindication! That yeah, I definitely feel very vindicated and happy that that was my stance. Um, but you know, it's again not our problem anymore, so whatever. Like, I just I cannot comprehend how people thought that Mitchell's could just have this 30 PPG series. Like, that first of all, that's insanely hard to do, but like, again, the personnel the Knicks could throw out at Mitchell just made life hell for them, and you're playing three non shooters, the Knicks are just going to ignore Isaac Okoro. Like, Isaac Okoro, like, they had the role player game. This is the role player game. I think a lot of us were like talking about the Shetty Osman hit it, um hit two threes and fucking Carisover hit four threes and Isaac Okoro hit two threes. They got a ton from essentially their bench, right? Which is Isaac Okoro, Shetty Osman, and Karis Levert. And the Knicks still won. Who would you say played well? I remember this. This is how I felt after that Hawk series when the Knicks got their ass kicked in uh, five games. One, it was really funny reading some of these like Cavs fan threads the last couple of days because all the adjustments that they were suggesting, I'm just like, these are just such bad. Like, they're just, this was like me. I was getting flashbacks of me after game four of that series being like, like, this is why you need to play Frank. Like, he could give us some juice at the point of attack defensively. And like, in retrospect, you look back at that and you're like, yeah, it would probably just, probably really nothing you could do there in that series. You're probably just going to get your ass kicked no matter what. Um, and reading some of the cap stuff the last few days, I was just like, yeah, so they, they, they're done. Like they have no adjustments. Um, who, if you were just a Cavs fan, or it doesn't really matter if you're a Cavs fan or not, who would you look at in this series that played for the Cavs? And you'd say, get a good series. I honestly don't think you can say that about any of them. Lamar Stevens. Yeah, well, right? like he played five minutes in the game. But like, no, but like seriously, like the guys that actually played. I, I may, I think the the one guy you could probably say that about. Funny enough, it's probably like Levert. No, I don't even think it was Levert because like they took turns torching. Like offensively, sure he played well, but defensively they took turns torching him. And like, yeah, but it's not like the Knicks were like exactly some offensive juggernaut in this series. So I, 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 I mean. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, like, Levert probably won them game two with his outburst. I think Levert won them game two. He kept it competitive in game three. Well, well competitive. 
probably game four. He kept a competitive in, and then like game five, he was their best player tonight, I think. UFC hit four threes. He did his job. But, like, yeah. they Nobody really played well. Darius Garland was a shell of himself, but he was an efficiency man. So, like, I guess people will say he played well. But, like, if you watch Darius Garland that series, like, nobody cared about him. Like, he was efficient, but that was it. And meanwhile, on the Knicks, I don't think anybody aside from Randall had like a horrible series. I think everybody played well, like good to great. Everyone played well, but like no one played like to their really. Potential. Yeah, no one played to like to their to, to their potential, which gives me a lot of like goodwill and faith towards the next series and hope. Damn. Sam, Sam, getting religious right now. <laughs> All right, yeah, Sam was positive. That's how you know this is a really. Weird ass. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. Nah, but like, nah, the fact that... Are we like, still winning 37 games, by the way? What? Are we still winning 37 games? <laughs> All right. All right. I told people why I chose that number, man. I you, told people. Wild then and you're wild Because he thought, he thought Cam Reddish was going to run point the entire year. <laughs> my man was... If that happened, oh my God. Point Cam. We'd be, we'd, we'd have really good odds for Wemby. Uh, if we did that. <laughs> Not even that. Also, Tibbs we... might have like been sent to the hospital because he would have like fucking had an aneurysm for real. Tibbs would I'm like, can we just talk? I was Jay Bickerstaff is such a fucking bitch. I cannot stand that guy. He's fucking screaming like a fucking baby the entire game. I'm pretty sure the entire series. Yeah, he he's just crying constantly. There was that thing at the end of the game where he was clearly trying to like stand next to Brunson. To, wrap, to like, like distract him or whatever. Yeah, and I I wish they had. I wish I could have seen what Tibbs was saying to him, because they like on the broadcast. Breen was saying like Tibbs was saying something to him, and I'm like, I can only imagine. Like I can only imagine what Tibbs was saying to him. But we've all seen the clip of Tibbs asking Jay Crowder if he wanted to go fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> yeah. That's a classic. So, uh, yeah. Look, maybe J- J- Bickerstaff. I, he was I've, he it, that was he was trying last resort measures like yeah and like I point. saw a lot of like oh like why don't fire like, G, fire yeah and like, and like I get it like he probably I'm sure there's stuff that he could work on off ball actions blah 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 but they lost this series because we had better personnel than them that's what happened like you can sit there and talk about adjustments all you want oh why aren't they running guard guard screens they tried that today you probably saw why the fuck he wasn't doing that all series. Because every Darius time Garland, Garland can't screen. Yeah, Gar- Garland, like, he picked up an offensive foul trying to screen. He set screens that, like, Had I, no I don't effect. know. They, they make, you know, rookie year Mitch look like fucking prime Todd Gibson or something. Uh, like, they, they they just couldn't do it. And I, Mitchell is a bad screen setter, too, by the way. He's not a good screen setter. Um, I, I, and then, like, what? You want, like, you want to run Levert screens? You know, like you want to run fucking Isaac Okoro screens, really? Like that's what we're doing here. Like they just don't—they don't have guys that that you give a fuck about setting screens that are good at it. And the other—the other issue there is the Knicks have multiple good perimeter defenders. Like they didn't even have Grimes today, you know. And and you look at what they did to them defensively. Like quickly was so good a- avoiding switches. Because he's just like moving constantly. So even when they would, you know, it looked like they would have to switch, he would be like, 
And then he would go back to his man and it was fine. He'd just be like wacky inflatable tube man for a minute and then run back to his man. And it's like, they didn't get the switch. So it's just, some of it is honestly just most of it. I would say is just personnel. And I think, you know, maybe they, maybe they do need a new coach. Maybe I'm totally off here, but like, I have a hard time believing that was a personnel loss based on what I saw or sorry, a coaching loss based on what I saw. I think that was mostly a personnel loss. I don't think they had tactical pivots. That was kind of why I, that kind of, that was the main reason why I wanted them like the, as our matchup in the, in the first round is they don't have tactical pivots. They can't go five out at any point. And that suits us perfectly, you know? And like, that's just great for us. So I have a really hard time being like, Oh yeah. JB Bickerstaff. He's the biggest problem here. You know, like, Oh really? Like him not playing Dean Wade was the killer. Like, give me a fucking break. Come on. I wish they played Dean Wade. They didn't play Lamar Steven sooner. Does he care <laughs> about winning? They didn't deploy him. I love that word, deploy. Dude, the fans talking about Raul Neto had me rolling. They're like, why are we playing Ricky Rubio instead of Raul Neto? Or like, why are we playing Shady Osman instead of Lamar Stevens? And it's like, dude, if you have to go to like your 14th and 15th men, you've lost the series. Like, I'm sorry. At least the Knicks could legitimately have an argument for, like, why isn't Deuce McBride getting, like, eight minutes? Is it like, bother Donovan Mitchell a little bit more. But, like, that's such a nitpicky thing that, like, it doesn't matter. Or, like, oh, um, Jericho Sims, if you didn't fucking apparently tear his shoulder wanking. Um, what? Wanking? Are you fucking British? <laughs> <laughs> Good old L- London. I know. I know that your last name is London. Um, <laughs> uh, a good old, a good old tug. Um, I don't know. this short shoulder is the weirdest injury of all time. Maybe they just like wanted to pretend they were had they were dealing with adversity. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, just just say just say Sims is out. <laughs> so we could be like what we're like. Look at the Sims back. We didn't even play Jericho Sims. <laughs> we had to go up with Daquan Jeffries in the game two, in the game three blowout. Maybe, Jericho Sims. maybe Sims just had some fits he needed to get on the gram. Maybe. I mean, that post midway is like uh, the, one, the one with the horse. Dude, I don't. That that's an all timer. That's an all timer. Sims might not be that great of a ball player, but he is a great follow on instagram i will say that classic um can chris middleton just like stop is that is that like can you just not do things anymore please you you had 17 in the first quarter you did your job you did your job just chucking here um that's chris middleton All I'm saying is, man, give me the bucks. I'll, I'll, I'll take the bucks. Yeah, I actually think this is a pretty good point. This version of RJ that we saw, uh, our, like this is from Brent, RJ would be the second best perimeter defender in the Cavs. That's the level they're at. Um, yeah, like I, I agree. That That is the level they're at. And and honestly, I thought RJ's defense was really good this series. I, thought he'd be, I think he'd be the first. Like I don't think Mobley's in the perimeter just yet. Yeah. I, I, I It's just it's the, the first – two games i was a little bit like is rj gonna like move the way he moved the last three games i i just i couldn't believe what i was seeing especially today i felt like all his 
takes on breaks were fucking awesome. I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, did you? My, my man got back with his with his boo thing, and all of a sudden, that was like his missing piece, and I was like, Voltron. He needed he needed breakup. He needed he needed to have makeup sex. That was. <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> I thought he was outside with the boo box and he's like, girl, <laughs> we're back at the garden. We need this. And all of a sudden, he's just turned into, what the fuck are you doing, Chris? Holy shit. Um, sorry, I, I just saw that. That pissed me off. Um, all of a sudden, like, he's just turned into 20 PPG wing scorer, Jimmy Butler light. Um, yeah, like if RJ Barrett's going to play like this, I have no problems. Guarantee you. I have no problems. <laughs> was just... RJ not trying for the last three games? I honestly have no idea, but like I, I, I like the he got back with his girl theory. I'm good with that. Like that, that checks. Like you know, he's 22 years old. He was in the club and he was crying. <laughs> yeah, like you know, he's been with her. They've been together for a long time. I'm not sure that it was a monogamous relationship on his part, but he, they were together for a long time. Um, and I like, I like the smirking theory that. That RJ was, he was, you know, he was, he was lovesick and he needed to get back with his girl. And you're right. He was at the, remember there was that clip of him earlier in the year where like he organized that, like the team going out for like a concert or whatever the fuck it was. And he said, it was a club. Yeah, they were at the club. And, and I remember he was like sitting there and everybody's like, what is he doing? Blah, blah. Maybe, maybe he was like, you know, he's going through it. He's like, he broke up with his girl. He's in New York City. He's a fucking millionaire. You know, they, they, spelled, they spelled his name wrong at the club, by the way. They put yeah. one T instead of two. That was hilarious. <laughs> like, you know, maybe, maybe you, uh, you know, you know, fucking the East Side can be fun. Meatpacking can be fun. Uh, there are fun places to go when you have money there. Maybe he was at One Oak a few too many times. Um, but like, <laughs> he did, he did get food poisoning late in the year. He looks noticeably more svelte uh, to me. Never say that word again. He does. He looks. He looks much more like he looks like more like he did his second year actually to me. Um, he doesn't look like he's walking around like his chest like fucking five feet out like he's fucking Drax or something. Um, he, he's he looks much much more like athletic. I guess maybe the best way to put it, but. I don't really care what the the underlying reasoning of this all is. Uh, I'm just happy that it happened because if he's going to play like this and if Randall can get back, this team is, it can go places in this playoffs. Say that much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, look, you look at the rest of the competition in the East and you're like, Embiid is hurt and he also sucks in the second round anyway. <laughs> I mean, like, who, who's this Mariah Carey? I don't, uh, he doesn't have any famous people. That's the problem. Like, Derek Jeter had like a Rolodex of like everybody famous. That's... Well, well, Derek Jeter also would just like Derek Jeter had a whole method. Like, he Derek Jeter's big thing was like he didn't date anybody. Actually, he just saw people for a night. Um. <laughs> Is this this is a good question? Is this version of RJ good enough to be a top three option on a contender? Yes. Uh, yeah, probably. Like, I, 
if RJ Barrett the last three games, like if he's just going to be a really good finisher who gets in the line like six times a game, converts those opportunities, and is a good um, tertiary passer, secondary creator, like yeah, that's good enough. Especially the way he's playing defense. Yeah, absolutely. Now, realistically, he's the second option right now because I hope he feels better. But our our good buddy Julius Randle has been shitting himself. That's your good buddy, by the way. I think somebody else has been shitting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the <love>. The <laughs> Yeah, Sam's having some issues, guys. Don't worry. Don't mind him. <laughs> no, I had some I had some chocolate today. It's not my best day. Apparently you're letting some out too. Shit. <laughs> uh yes, yes, we did see this quote. We talked about it earlier. It was fantastic. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, if, if if RJ plays like this, he's definitely capable of being a top three contender or a top three option on a contender. It, I still think, like, ultimately, you've got to see a little bit more progression from him in terms of off the dribble shooting. That has to be something that he doesn't need to be, like, you know, fucking, like, you know, Paul he doesn't George. need to be something like, yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't need to be like Paul George or Kawhi or something like that. He just needs to be a little bit more proficient at it so that in a tight situation, he can get to that shot and he's re- and he's okay at it. That teams at least have to honor it a little bit. Um, but like if, if he gets downhill the way he has, he did in this Cavs series. And I do think the opponent helped him out to be fair. Um, this was not an opponent that had guys that could stop him from getting to the rim. And once he started making better reads at the rim and played faster, quite frankly, I think that helped him. That, that, that was who's it. stopping him in the East. Honestly, like who's who, you think, uh, you think RJ's fine in the East. <laughs> He might be dude. like you look at the rest of the teams. Assuming the Heat win, like unless he would put Jimmy Butler on fucking RJ Barrett, in which case, thank God, I'll take Gabe Vitz on the fucking we, switch. We need we need Malika Andrews to interview RJ Barrett. No, so he can say some outlandish <laughs> shit. No. Yeah, we're winning this year. We're winning next year, and we're winning the year after that. Three. No, that Jalen Brown thing is the funniest interview I've ever seen in my life. I understand I, though. <laughs> it, it's crazy to me that it didn't get like more buzz at that time. Because I remember seeing that, and I'm like, this is fucking insane. Like, he's, why is he saying this? And then I actually watched the interview, and I was like, oh, I got you. I get it. I get it. He's like, it's so funny, too. He's just like, I'm like, yo, you're rubbing your knees really fucking, like, intensely right now. <laughs> like, dude, relax. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, t- he he was not put in a, in, in a fair situation there. Like, Taylor Rooks did not help him out. Let's be fair. Oh man, but yeah, RJ. Um, yeah, if he if he plays like this, I mean, that's it's it's not just the the, the shooting, right? It's also like how he finished the rim, obviously, but the playmaking. making. Yeah, I thought the the passing today was good again. He, not that everybody cashed out, but I thought he made good decisions with the ball for the <laughs> most part. Um, and defensively, like again, if he plays like this on defense, then you're. I mean, that's literally. A, a high level starting wing playoff wing player. Like that's fucking, you can talk about third, fourth, second, whatever option. That's a starting, a high caliber starting wing in the NBA. That's super fucking valuable. Definitely. Um, let's see. Jordan Bub kind of encapsulates all that in this comment right here. Um, wow. BX boy 71 says the Cavs people are talking Garland trades. 
It's one of the other, dude. <laughs> if you trade for Mitchell... You can't have a, a small backcourt like that. And that's that what too. everyone said when they traded for him. And everyone was like, you know, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, they'll take care of them. And Isaac Okoro, they'll be good. Like, their defense will be fine. But it's like, no. They we had be. this conversation with Gobert, and people thought somehow, some way it was going to change because now they have two big instead of one big. And it's like, what are you thinking? I... I I figured they'd be good regular season because last year they were good regular season until Jared Allen got hurt. But, like, at some point, you don't have to face the music. You can't play two bigs who can't shoot, and you can't play two small guards who can't defend. Like, it, it takes common sense, but I think people just forget every single fucking year. I, I think... <clears throat> but, like, was defense actually their issue, though? This is my thing. Like, I don't think defense is their issue. They defended okay. They yeah, were okay. I think the Knicks got a bunch of great looks, though, and we just couldn't cash out because I yeah, felt that, like that's that's fair. If if we hit on a lot of our open threes as we should have, or at least at least the shot quality says we should have, like this could have been a, a nastier series for series for the Cavs. I think what you would, I, and I I'm not totally sure either way. You could argue that some of their rebounding issues are caused by having to cover for the weak defensive backcourt. If that's the argument, if that's it the is. argument, then it's then it's fine. Because um, what's happening is essentially Mobley's like coming out to like do stuff on the perimeter defensively, and they're basically saying like, and Jared Allen's overhelping. Like that entire series, Jared Allen has been overhelping, especially away from the fucking paint for whatever reason. And if you're leaving like a switch where it's like Lavert or Danny Green blocking out against Mitchell Robinson, first of all, Danny Green is like 38 with it coming up an ACL tier. You're gonna put that man in a fucking retirement home. Like, what are you doing? Second of all. But, like, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. But part of it is because of their backcourt being so weak. And realistically, like, when you're playing Levert, Allen, and Donovan Mitchell, you're going to need Mobley to essentially put out a lot of fires defensively. And he couldn't even do that because he's 21 years old and lanky and not coordinated yet. So. Man, seeing him, like, try to do, like, post moves on, like, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. It was that picture, it's that picture of Cat and Bookie Cousins where it's a cat. He literally could not move them. And then, like, he was taking the, like, most ill-advised contested jumpers that were like hitting almost like straight back rim. It was hilarious. They tried taking floaters and it's like, dude, this is not your game. Like, yeah, they're just trying shit at, at some point in the game. I mean, and Mr. Robinson is just, like, just there. Mr. Robinson is just there, like using body and verticality, and they could not do anything with him, man. Jared Allen's not looking himself in the mirror. No, she he's gonna. Me. He's going to build a computer tonight and play video games. Probably, he's a, dude. He's his quotes before this game today were like, he was saying some of the most fucking loser energy shit I've seen in a while. They all were. Did you see Evan yeah. Mobley like after the last game? Oh God, he's, he's talking like he had to go to nap or something. Yeah, it's that like, was. You know, we'll get back home and we have to take care of business and, you know, <laughs> it's like dude like are you trying to seduce me or are you trying to like tell me your game plan for the next game like what the hell oh Jared man I, Jared, I was just like yeah Mitchell Robinson you know like but what a guy you know he just he got me today what can you do uh he talks like a 40 year old used car salesman he's just like hey hey guys you know I have this car right here uh he talks like he's going golfing that, that's I'm what crying. Jared Allen well, is he's gonna be doing a lot of that these next one, couple months. One, two, three, Acapulco. Jojo Liddy asked, how do you think this team takes the next step? I like our depth, 
but we will have to pay up for it soon. Do we keep trying to make incremental moves to hit the next level? I mean, you signed a shooter this all season with MLE. And... Max Strews, come on down. Don't piss me off. <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo is right there. Be, be real. DiVincenzo is... Um, he, Nova, Nova. Yeah. Jalen Brunson's best friend. I mean, is he... 40% shooter. Don't you want a bigger guy? Good at the point of attack. Also, pause. Anyway. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be DiVincenzo. Like, you're going to sign a dude with the MLA. Just get, just get fucking Dante DiVincenzo. Don't overthink it. If you're going to get a bigger guy, you're going to trade every four needs and picks. That's what you do. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Brunson puts in the call. And he's like, for every first-round series I win, I get a Nova teammate. And we'll end up with, like, Eric Pascal and fucking. Oh, no, Omar no, Stone. thank you. No, thank playing, you. Playing I'm good on Rose that. Evan Fournier roll. Bring back Smeltman. No, Smeltman can stay wherever he is in South. Well, we can't, we can't bring back Archie, so. Uh, this is from Begley just five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. NYK's Julius Randle is walking cautiously in the postgame locker room, but league sources told SNY that the early impression is the sprain is not as severe as Randall's prior ankle ailment. He missed two weeks for that previous ankle injury and injury and returned for game one of Cavs series. Um, so, and this is apparently the true. This is true. If both Western conference series go seven games, I don't know why this is the reason I'm just telling you what I know. If both Western conference series go seven games, then we would start our series on Tuesday. So let's go Memphis. I can't believe I have to root for Ja for one game. Uh, I, I, I don't. Uh... Yeah, you have to. I mean, if you want Julius Randle to be, you know, and we obviously want him and Grimes. We want to be Let's go Lakers. Forget that. I don't know if I want to see the thing on the court. All right. Wait, okay, first half of this game aside. I will be rooting for them just so that we can be at full health. So that way there's like, you know, we can fully dominate Miami in the way that we should. Because if we're fully healthy and, you know, if Grimes and Randall even look somewhat, you know, resembling themselves from the regular season, I think this should be a series that we really don't have any issues in. Also, Bam Adebayo is 107, dude. I swear to God, if we get to cook these goals, holy shit, if we don't cook these I mean, there's no Tyler Hero. There's no – they're playing Haywood, whatever his name is. Like, Haywood Highsmith. Like, <laughs> Which is that, not – I can't – that's not a real person. That's a creative player on 2K. <laughs> that is someone they're like when you – when you simulate player. like five years into the future in 2K League, <laughs> that's that's one of those guys. Like yeah. he's one of those dudes. Oh yeah, I got Taylor Highsmith with his 56th pick. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> Game business second option, dude. Like you just told me this team is scary. Come on. Like Jimmy Butler will do all he can, and credit to him, because we know he can like he obviously elevates at a, another he's level. Else, and man. he's been insane this series. But he's like I'm not scared of anybody else on that roster. Like Kevin loves geriatric. I mean, like, he, he's <laughs> supposed to, like, scare me? Come on. You got to think about the boards, man. The boards. You're going to be battling for boards. Oh, man. Uh, I I repurposed. I, I used your uh, Jeremy Lin tweet for inspiration, by the way, uh, Tyrese. You're welcome. Thanks. Colin Lauren points out that we have new Strickland merch. Let's go. That's true. We do have new merch. Check it yes, out. Yes, we do have a team shirt. Shout out to the Knicks for advancing. Yep. 
Now we can meet Kevin. Let's see what else we got. JL says, regular season net rating champions. Playoff <laughs> over playoff wins. Hashtag let them know. I love how Donovan Mitchell like tweeted out let him know before like every game and he absolutely like shit himself. Let him know what? <laughs> let him know you stink, motherfucker. That's what you let him know. Also, this like this video of like RJ and World War West just like doing this to each other is peak. I enjoy it. Oh, I love that video. It's great. Now he just dabbing up Garrison Rojas. Like, why the hell is Garrison Rojas in this damn part of this? Mitch just has to be a 340 deal going forward. Yep. $12 million in that final year is highway robbery. Jalen Brunson and him being on descending deals. Chef's kiss to the front office for the work that they've done. I mean, Leon um, Rocha win. He should have won it two years ago, but like, he's never going to win it because he never does interviews. So. And that's the most important part of the job. The no, 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 no. The most important part of the job is relocating the practice facility so that way it's not in White Plains and they're like, like we get it in Manhattan because we know that really, really matters. Free agents talk about it. They don't like going upstate to Westchester. They hate it. That's why we can't get any free agents. Jalen Brunson just happens to be the exception because nepotism. We only got Jalen Brunson because of nepotism. Remember that. Nepotism is great. I love nepotism. I know. Um, I think, I think nepotism needs to be actually more encouraged across all industries. Yeah. Shout out that's to the what, fucking monarchs of England. Like nepotism is great. And that's what we encourage here at the Strickland, which is why um, when Tyrese has a child, they will be taking over the rundown from him. Um, that's hilarious. Passing off the rundown like a passing over. The- Second generation rundown. <laughs> <sighs> we do it for the kids. Villain X mention says no more hot seat for Thibs. No, he's Thibs. been off the hot seat for a minute. He's <laughs> getting extended. I keep telling you guys this. Like, I don't think they, I, I still don't think they should extend him, and I don't think they need to. It's a five. He had a five year contract, right? Yeah, but like that usually yeah. what happens. But like, I would max. It. I would max. I would give him a year. He probably gets two. I, I think he gets two. And they just make it four even. And then, like, what, I, whatever happens with him is coaching what? I think he goes to the front office anyway. So, like, I think they just extend him. And they're just like, well, you know, when you step down, you're just and give the role to Johnny Bryant whenever that happens. Unless Tibbs feels like he needs to itch once again. Like, I think he'll just get extended and then just put him in the front office when it's all said and done. Also, Jalen Brunson just posted on Twitter, see one, send one. It's a celebration, right? Yes, it's it's a silly. Uh, is, is like IQ's new thing that he's just going to wear wife beaters all the time? Like that's all he's going to wear now? Because that's what he's wearing on the team plane apparently too. So, You know okay. what? IQ can do whatever he wants. If sure. you play defense like that, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Best of individual defensive rating in the, M- in the NBA playoffs. That's a horrible fucking metric, but we're going to use it for agendas. Yeah, I was, I was looking at everyone like celebrating. I was like, "Oh, okay, we're just gonna do that now. Okay, fine." Why is, wait, wait, why is Harris my wife in his nose? Wait, whoa, that feels a little bit racially motivated. But no, he's half black. Never mind. By the way, if you're a Mavs fan right now, how fucking just sick are you right now? Watching all of. Like not as, just watching as sick as my stomach right now. Yeah, not yeah, not just watching the Knicks. Please, I hope for everybody's sake that's not true. 
be a lot of sick people that are dropping disgusting deuces. Um, this is his flu game, respect him. <laughs> but, but like, it's not just that the Knicks won. It's also that, like, everything about this, everybody's just like super happy. The team, it's everybody's together. Like they're overcoming adversity and all this shit. Like you must be so fucking sick watching this. You got to be sick watching this. Uh, and meanwhile, you've got you know the uh, you got NFL Aaron Rodgers uh, that you got to resign. So good luck with that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a New York City boy, so. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, something. He, yeah, whatever. They're still going. <laughs> not making the fucking playoffs. Look at his fucking Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get one in there. Fucking Jets. But yeah, I, I mean, at least Aaron Rodgers is actually like good at a sport. So there's that. You know, can't really say the same for Kyrie. Tyrese kid cheering on kind of nepotism. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. <sighs> That's a good comment. Shout out to Villain X. I'm trying to decide if this stat is sad or like, I don't know. Or it's, it's mostly just sad because we haven't had like the only two players in recent history on this list are Brunson and Carmelo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because we haven't been to the playoffs all that much either. Yeah. Most play was it, the stat is for those that are listening on the podcast version. Jordan Bub points out most points through first five playoff games as a Nick. 148 Willis Reed. 124 Dick Barnett, 120 Jalen Brunson, 119 Bob McAdoo, 115 Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I mean, it's not that depressing, I guess. It's mostly, again, it's just mostly like, it would be nice if. Yeah, Had a couple were, more recent names there. Yeah, I got to say the Carmelo number is a little bit depressing to me. 115. Uh, that it was that just low? Yeah. Well, I it's not that depressing to me. I'm sure it's depressing to like people that love Carmelo Anthony. I mean, granted, then they, uh, then they get like. I'm not gonna slander Carmelo Anthony on this pod. We'll save that for another pod. I will. Uh, fuck him. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jalen Brunson said more. Jalen Brunson said more. Jalen Brunson better. Carmelo Anthony was nothing. Was good for media engagement and being fat. Wow. We can admit it. It's fine. It's been ten years. We don't care anymore. <laughs> IQ wife Peter are gonna feed families. It's such an insane statement when you think about it. Yeah, I still, I really think like <clears throat> I've talked about this a lot. Um, I'm just gonna say it again because I think it is worth repeating. Like, all the front office had to make a lot of fucking decisions this off season. A lot of them were not easy. Even more of them were unpopular, and. <clears throat> I can't believe Ryan Archie, Archie Diakono is in here to celebrate with us. I know. I, he's probably like on the team plane. They just can't show him or something. <laughs> uh, but, but like all their decisions are paying out. Like they're all paying off. Uh, bringing back Randall, bringing back Tibbs. I mean, I, I thought Tibbs coached not as good a game as he did in game three or four to me, but I thought he coached a pretty good game again tonight. Uh, I like I re- I really liked his. He wiped the floor at Bickerstaff. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, of course. It, 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 and, and, I, and I thought he he did a really good job of. I, I thought his fourth quarter substitutions throughout the series maybe left one or two decisions go too long, but the decisions he ended up making were always good. Like almost all of them worked out. So he deserves a lot of credit. So that was a big one, right? Bring back Tibbs. Um, bringing back Randall. We've talked about that plenty. You know, how do you feel about his yeah. playoff performance? You can't deny what he did in the regular season this year. And at the he's very an 82 minimum, game player. 
Yeah. And at the bare minimum, the absolute bare minimum, even if they wanted to still, if they wanted to trade him, they're trading him now from a much greater position of value than what it was previously. So um, that was a win for them. They re-signed Mitchell Robinson. Obvious win. Obvious, massive win after this series. They re-signed R.J. Barrett, which, like, I think the playoffs have to count more than the regular season. You have to say at the bare minimum, that's trending the right way now, too. Um, And they chose not to make the Donovan Mitchell trade. That looks like a fucking great decision now. He's an 82-game player. Yeah, yeah, he is. And then they chose to, you know, make these maneuvers on draft night, trade out of 11, uh, dump all the salary, get three protected first, and clear the space to get Brunson and Harden signed. And both those signings and those decisions look great. Like, if that is not an executive of the year resume, then what the fuck is? Because all of those decisions happened in this last season. All of them. Every single one. And the only one you could say, if you want to, you know, debate it, would be the Randall one, because technically, like, he was under contract. They signed, re-signed him the year before. Fine. If you don't want to include that one, that's not a big deal. The rest of that stuff counts. Um, and I really don't buy an argument for any other executive over what Leon Rose did. And if you want to like, I saw, I know there are people who'll be like, well, Ainge, look at what he did. And it's like, you don't, you should not get this award when you are trying to be bad, when you are trying to just accumulate assets. I'm not saying he did a bad job. He's obviously done a great job. Um, unfortunately, which is very fucking annoying. Um, but like you trying to win, versus what Utah did is totally different. No other executive has the <coughs> resume that Leon Rose has based on his decisions over this last year, this league year, and that's the award. The award isn't talk to the media and blow smoke up our fucking asses award. Um, like, that's not the award. I'm sorry. The award is executive of the year. Which executive made the most positive decisions to improve their team? The only one that's even in the fucking ballpark is Monty McNair. And his biggest move kept, kept came last season, trading for Devonta Sabonis. So I'm sorry, like, not one, not on a single executive, has made had to make as many decisions as Leon Rose that materially impacted positively the uh, ultimate outcome for this team. And this team isn't done yet. It's not I, done. Yet. I, I think you could say Monty McNair. I said that was the only other one that I would. Oh, oh sorry. the ballpark. So okay. maybe you should listen when I'm talking. Asshole. Sorry, I'm tweeting. <laughs> It's gonna be very interesting to see who actually does get the award. Is it gonna be him? Like, is it gonna no. be McNair? Probably, yeah, it probably will be Ron McNair. Yeah, because I'm like, or, or Danny Ainge, because you know how the media loves Danny Ainge or Sam Presti. Nope. They'll find a way to get Sam Presti the award. You know who's not fucking winning it? Masai. Well, he should. Uh, he sucks. So, um, Walker Frazier says Nick Steft is insane when you break it down. How many playoff teams would Deuce and Sims be real rotation players? Um, uh, Sims is not playing on any rotation in the playoffs. Jericho Sims is good for the vibes and for Instagram. I think there would be like very, very specific situations where Sims could be useful. Like if you need to start switching a bunch, I, I would think that that's a very, again, very specific scenario where what he can do is useful. But aside from that, like he's not playing. And he shouldn't play. So, yeah. And Deuce should be in the rotation, but, like, it's fine. If Deuce could shoot, Deuce would be, like, at least Javon Carter level in the rotation. 
So, or that if you could shoot with a percentage just match this output. Colin brings up Mitch's stats from the series. So this is Mitch's first ever playoff series, eight points per game, 9.8 rebounds per game, 2.2 blocks, 1.2 steals. Very, very solid stuff. You would have thought his rebounds probably would have been higher, but I no, guess like it's offensive. They're all like most most of it is offensive rebounds. So like yeah. you have to tally up a ton of those. And the defensive rebounds are going to the guard, people going to Randis to get sets to get set started. Which is why when people are like, well, his defensive rebounding needs improvement. I'm like, he's leading the league in defensive box house for 36. Shut the fuck up. Learn ball. Schwinn, this is a question for you from Brett. If this team played the 2013 squad, how many games until Chandler cries from having to deal with Mitch? <laughs> no, uh, they, so T- Tyson, uh, to give him some credit here, he wouldn't cry. There'd be two things he would do, okay? <laughs> One would be um, he would get sick and would miss a game or two, um, and he would blame his kids. That's what he would do. Cause he did that multiple <laughs> times that year. Uh, and then the other thing he would do and he actually did this in the middle of the 2013 series against the Pacers, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. He would cry about not being involved enough in the offense, uh, even though he has no fucking post moves. He has no fucking jumper and he gets no fucking play at the club. So even despite all that, that those are the things that Tyson Chandler would do, who's a fucking loser. I was like in middle no school when Tyson yard. Chandler was a Knicks. So I I don't even remember jack he, shit yeah. about his. All you need, all you need to know, he did he did any play at the club. That's fine. Fucking fraudulent ass defensive player of the year award that he got. A fucking bum. Zero legacy. No I friends. I had no idea Schwinn had this much disdain. Fuck him. Oh, you haven't heard you haven't heard the Tyson Chandler? Did, oh, this is gonna be classic. Keep going. Keep going. He's a piece of shit. Fuck him. Uh, Don't the, end it there. The biggest fucking dweeb that we've had on this team in a long time. Yeah, wow. Shit. Fuck him. Wow, I had no idea this is insane lore. Yeah, he's yeah. a bum. He's a bum, man. I hate that guy. <laughs> and he got, he got like no fucking blame when the season went to shit the next year. I cannot stand him at all. Uh, I, yeah, I, when he got traded was a great day in my life. I think the first time I heard Schwinn talk about Tyson Chandler like this was like, it was. It might have been like midway through the season, but like, yeah, he fucking whores Tyson Chandler. It's, it's hilarious. The way I feel about like Chris Copeland, the way I love Chris Copeland, he hates Tyson Chandler. <laughs> wow. Actually, this is a great point too. I, I didn't even list the Josh Hart move. Like they traded for Josh Hart. Um, and that's true. With Josh Cam Hart, Reddish. Mr. They yeah. gave up only Cam Reddish in like what a late first? Don't Cam Reddish fucking stinks. He's this, touching the air right now, talking about it should have been me. I could have been doing this and tips and politics and hold me back. Fuck this it. was uh this is from Jake Andrews. The Josh Hart move has changed so much with the roster. Look at how easily we handled losing Grimes and Randall simply because of his presence. My vote for executive of the year. Yeah, like just yeah, another we, feather in his cap. Yeah, we beat we beat the fucking four seed, the best net rating team in the league. And Why? and I still think this the thing like Deuce. I think he plays for a lot of teams. I think he would be in the rotation for a lot of teams. I mean, he got, he took one shot in the series and he made it, so that's cool. Um, but like, he uh, he's a player. I'm actually kind of con- like, I don't really know if the Knicks need to do anything in free agency if they don't make any trades because just I think Deuce is like on the development of your guys. I feel like Tibbs is he's a boomer, so like you've got to go through this like weird process of him 
like okay he's earned my like trust now he's in the yeah. circle like yep. i think third year with deuce deuce will be in the circle deuce will be involved like more consistently involved in Thibs, he'll be in Thibs's inner yeah. circle yeah he'll be in the circle of trust for those of which like meet the parents like he'd be like yeah no you're in the circle now you're good um but like <laughs> meet the parents <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> he's showing up with flowers <laughs> He, Hello, sir. Like, I'm here to take out your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> sir, I'm here to be in your rotation. Uh, <laughs> so it's not a flower, it's like a slab of ribs. No, it's just like it's a it's a fucking uh clipboard with like a marker for him. Like, oh I got you a new clipboard. Oh yeah. Thanks. He, was, he wasn't I in it this year. He wasn't in it last year because he fucking showed up with a service tablet. It's just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> This isn't basketball. But but yeah, like I I really think like these decisions they made, these long-term decisions are starting to pay off in this year, right? And the decisions they made last offseason and during the season to prioritize some of these guys. Look, I'm I'm not even trying to take away credit from Tibbs. I just think there were organizational decisions, which Tibbs is a part of, but Leon Rose is a part of. Like Grimes starting, all the shit, like that rotation change that, that May made in December 4th. Like those things to me are tied to the front office and um all those things are paying off and like the heart trade is it's again like this is three years worth of work that has culminated in what we saw this season and what we saw in this first round and josh hart being acquired is kind of like it, it is like it's our the difference between, white trade from yeah. last year for the celtics yeah it's kind of like that and, and i made that i've made that comparison too on the pod before where i was like i kind of think the knicks are similar in that in the, to, to that celtics team from last year um but but like you like th- you see kind of like how the organization has grown how even the front office has grown right last year they make this cam reddish deal at the debt like before the deadline which clearly tip is not on the same page with they were not on the same page with that choice and it's also a guy who doesn't fit like the type of dudes they've gone after, right? He is very much a project. He's a toolsy guy with he's potential. A bitch. Yeah, that's I mean, <laughs> he, he can be a bitch. Uh, he's a toolsy guy who has all these fucking like raw talents, but allegedly, can it, yeah. Can you put it together? Is he going to become a player? We don't His know. Talent is being yeah. a bitch. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, but like you're you're taking this bet, and it's like, and it's not the type of player they've really gambled on before in any capacity be it in the draft or in free agency and then you look at this year where it's like okay you just like kind of gambling get... on russian table tennis <laughs> you you get you get rid of you like what? yes russian table tennis. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you get rid of like the fuck-ups right like okay we we shouldn't have signed evan fournier maybe but we drafted quentin grimes so this is where he comes in we uh you know derrick rose is cooked this is where deuce mcbride comes in um, like you, you open up minutes for quickly. All these things are starting to pay off, and then I think the culmination of that is the Josh Hart trade, which is like a home run at every level. Tibbs loved him; he fits into the the he like elevated the culture of the team, which we talked about when we that trade went down. I was always just like, I, that's why I like almost didn't want to make a trade because I was worried like, is whoever comes in gonna like? And but once up we the vibe of the team, yeah. The but team once it was him clicking on the right level. What, yeah, once I saw it was Josh Hart, I was like, yeah, that the vibes are going to be fucking great. Like, that is not a problem at all anymore. Um, and then, obviously, the front office, they got him at a price that they were very comfortable with. So it's like, you just see the development. And then, like, you see the development from the players, right? We talked about quickly Grimes, Obi, RJ, 
Mitch, all these dudes drafted and developed in by this front off by like by this front office's coaching staff and the development staff they put around and all that shit. And then you talk about development. Tibbs has developed. Like Tibbs' development this year is fucking maybe the biggest outlier I I of the entire fucking thing. Like this guy's running guard guard screens, guard wing screens. He's fucking running ghost. He benched screens. Randall in the playoffs. He benched Randall in the playoffs. He benched RJ multiple times this season. He uh like he he didn't play Brunson at the end of the Miami game this year. That was a thing that happened, which was crazy. And he also is like like today, he actively was just like, I am going to play small for the last it was basically the last nine and a half or ten minutes of the game. He just played small. Like, he, I mean, and some of that is, yeah, he trusts Josh Hart. But that that shows you that is part that can be something that he goes to. He just has to, like, believe in the players you're giving him to his disposal. And the players, a lot of these guys have developed to the point that he trusts them. And they've also gone out and acquired the type of players he would trust. So, uh, you know, just growth from every level of the organization, pretty fucking awesome. Yep. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm really watching this. Oh shit. <laughs> Tyson Chandler would have lost 19 pounds from the flu before the third game. I agree, James. I agree. Fuck Tyson Chandler. <laughs> Bring me all the Tyson Chandler slams. Yeah, oh, this was earlier in the thing. Uh, let me see. Um. Oh, James, it's my calendar in the back. It's not my kindergarten diploma. James is wild, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and this is a good comment, too. Um, where was it? I just lost it. This one is from uh, Vivek. Seems like the first time since 88-89 Strickland year where our playoff rotation comprised of everyone under the age of 30. I mean, it's got to be one of the youngest. I think aside from Memphis, it is the youngest rotation in the playoffs. So it's funny too because you say that, and then like a lot of people like when they talk about this Cavs series, a lot of them like, well, the Cavs they're a young team. It's like, well, we're a young team too. Like, what the hell? Like that doesn't excuse you from being ass and like being absolutely dominated on the fucking boards and shit. Like, that's a terrible excuse. Like we're young too, and we're just better. Like that's just all it is. Brunson, this is the I I mentioned this in uh, earlier, but like Brunson and Mitch were in the same draft class. Yeah. Like, that's actually hilarious. We've exercised the demons at the 2018 class. Yeah. Kevin Knox is no longer going to hurt us anymore. (laughs) Shout out Kevin Knox, who's hosting a skills camp or something in Portland. You have the, what are you doing? (laughs) Scamming those poor kids out of their money. It's so funny. It's so funny because Kevin Knox would give all of us crazy buckets. Of course. Um, But, but on the NBA level, he's like the equivalent of me being out there. (laughs) I mean, you can already be out there, six two. What the hell are you doing? All right. <laughs> you tell me, but, you, can, you tell me, you can't be Gabe Vincent. No. <laughs> Dog, he's an NBA player. What the fuck? He's like five foot eleven. The bro. only NBA player I think I would have any chance of scoring on is Trevor Keels, uh, because he's not actually an NBA player. Trevor Keels but, is built like a linebacker. You're not going to score, Trevor Keels. Trevor Keels he's, is built like. According to the Ringer, he's Lou Dort without Lou Dort's defense. So, yeah, but Lou Dort still has no neck. Why would you even try to? <laughs> Apparently, this is from Vec too. Uh, Hart and Hartenstein were in the same draft, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like, I, I just think you, you, 
you know, Brunson is 26. Like, it's not that old. He's probably, what, that's a year older than Mitchell. Didn't Mitchell turn 26 this year anyway? No, so, 25. 25? Okay. He's an old 25 as far as I'm concerned. Are you talking about Mitchell Robinson or Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell. Donovan 26. Yeah. Don, I know Mitchell Robinson wow. turned same 25. Same age son. Yeah. Crazy. Mitch, yeah, they're the same age. Mitchell Robinson turned 25 this year. Like, these guys are, you know, aside from Randall and Hart, they're entering their primes. Or they're not even, they're like, quickly and RJ aren't even entering their primes. They're, well, they're before that. You know, they have yeah. three, four years where they get into that stage of their career. Obi's about to enter his prime. Shout out the old rookie, Obi. Uh, but like, you know, this is just not, rookie. yeah, but this is just not that, this is just a very young team. And, and not just are they young, like, do you remember for how, like, the, the, do you remember when NBA Twitter was obsessed with talking about like timeline? Like, oh, well, are they on the right timeline? Is everybody in the, like, the Knicks actually happen to have a team that's like very well aligned on this timeline thing. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, like, you know, it's almost as if, there is a plan and they have executed it and it took time. And while everybody was like mystified, I don't get what the Knicks' plan is. I'm like, well, I feel like getting good players seems to be a plan of theirs. Uh, we'll see how that works out for them, but it has. And it's crazy how that works. Yeah. Look, the, the Brunson Hartenstein double move this summer, really, really good. And look, we saw what they just turned one of their own protected picks into, right? Turning a lottery protected pick of their own their their pick in the 2023 draft into josh hart they have all their picks moving forward and they still got those protected first that are owed to them by a number of different teams i really think they they i I, i'm not sure it's even worth it for them to make a big splash this summer i'm really not um with the way the east looks like jason tatum is an idiot uh, and might be the worst clutch player in the NBA. Julius Randle exists, so he can't be true. Dude, he's shot like one for 24 from three over the last two years. I think that's the worst percentage. Okay, of- I remember back. Yeah. Um, Number two, baby. But like, whatever. Okay, he's a terrible clutch player. But not just that, like, you look at how the CBA is structured moving forward and, you know, the cap situation of a lot of teams, like, the Knicks are in a good spot. And I personally still feel like, if they feel if they're comfortable betting on RJ Barrett making a further leap, Grimes making a further leap quickly, um, even like Brunson, I think is capable of taking a further step. What move is going to be available to you that really bumps the needle up more than what you have? And is that even worth it? I don't know. But they're in a really good position and they're not under pressure. This is the other great thing. Like them making the playoffs this year. And the way they've done it and winning a series, they're not under pressure. Like, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be aggressive if moves present themselves, but they don't need to be desperate, right? They don't need to pull in Atlanta and be like, we got to get DeJounte Murray for whatever reason. So that they're in a the Knicks are in a really good position. And again, apparently it turns out that if you have a long-term plan and you execute a long-term plan and you execute it well, it can work. It's great. But they don't talk to the media. So Shut- Shout out to James. Says I got to come on sleep. See you next game. Cavs and nine, baby. Cavs and nine. I just, I, I just gotta, you know, I just can't figure out why the Knicks are doing all of this for Jalen Brunson. What's their plan? It's like I, just that one was like, I mean, I can understand if you don't agree with the plan. Or it doesn't seem like a very hard plan to figure out, though, right? Nope. 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 I don't nope. Know, man. 
Well, Clyde Frazier says, if Randall's out for the second round, what kind of series would you need from Obi to officially have a power forward controversy? I he think we're... Show up. <laughs> he said he just needs to show up. <laughs> are, you he... not, are you not injured? Cool. <laughs> if he plays like three consecutive solid games, we have a controversy. No, I... I Just wait. Just wait until after the playoffs. I, I get why like this is going to be a conversation throughout all of this, but... I just because Randall's it, an 82 game player. It, well, it's just that, and like if Obi plays well, and we only got to see Randall play well for a half, whatever, I kind of get it. But like, just there's no point in worrying about this right now. I think you just have to like let the postseason play out, see how different guys perform, and evaluate it at the end of it all. I don't need to see the. I don't need to see the rest of the season. Get him out of this movie. Uh, I, I'm. Opening up to wow, Tyrese. Tyrese pulled pulled a Schwinn just a year late. <laughs> you got to get rid of Randall at all costs. All costs. <laughs> nothing is more Ben Simmons. <laughs> nothing is more important. <laughs> How happy are you guys for Mr. I'm happy for Mr. Dolan. I think Mr. Dolan deserves it. Uh... Hopefully, his other team in MSG gets right the yeah, next game the, because yeah, let, them, let the let the ice skating boys uh, do their thing. Yeah, yeah. They, need to, they need to catch up, bro. Yeah, they're they, they in the vibes of the MSG. You know, Knicks are making sure the vibes are right, but Rangers need to wait. They can up. apparently only win in New Jersey, so it's disgusting. Um, Yasser says that we were on pace for a random triple double if Karis wasn't a dickhead. Hopefully, Miami goes to seven and they win. Man, I need it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all rooting for a lot of these series to go the distance now. Um, uh, oh, okay. So the box is on the pull away. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's still the fourth quarter. There's still some Drew Holiday fuck ups to go. So Jimmy Butler is trying his hardest. And Gabe you, is coming along for the ride. Do you think um, Brunson and Hart get a pass from their significant others if it's with each other? Probably. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I've Where never seen two guys so clearly like in love with each other. It's fucking great. <laughs> Just adds to the vibes. Have you not seen Steve Nash and Kevin Durant? Well, never mind. Steve Nash is unrequited. What am I saying? Steve, Na- I know I haven't seen Steve Nash since he stopped coaching. <laughs> um, Have you seen Steve Nash? <laughs> did, did you see this John Morant quote? No, Which one? John Morant, what it's going to take for the Grizzlies to force a game seven. Me being a leader and being ready for this pedestal everybody got me on. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh, just play basketball, man. Like none of this like fake inspiration. Play, play basketball and stop intimidating high school children. That's all you gotta do, bro. That's the easiest shit in the world, but apparently he's like, I can't do it. Can't do it. Those seventeen year olds, man, they're wily. Terry, how do you feel about this? Randall coming back from injury twice to lead us to the finals, Miami ass and Boston sweet. This is what movies movies are made of. This, this sounds like a movie that you would write, man. Randall mm. coming back from an injury to lead the Knicks to glory. He's gonna shit himself if he always shits himself. <laughs> the Tyrese heel turn. Who could have seen it, Schwinn? This is my NWR. <laughs> Who could have seen it? This is this is this is Bret Hart going to WCW for me. Wow, that's yeah. that's deep. Yep. Jeff would appreciate that one. <sighs> what are the comments we got here? Donovan Mitchell is smiling in his in his exit interview. This is 
That man did not care. He wanted to lose the series. Also, in that picture that Obi took of the plane, I didn't even notice her nose in the background. That's crazy. It's a sign. Wait, wait, what's up? You know, like, um, the picture that Obi posted on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was in the background. I just saw the hat, and I was like, oh, it's Julius. It's a sign. So I'm guessing the vibes are okay. <laughs> well, the, the most encouraging thing about Randall was that he wasn't in a walking boot in the game. Like, yeah. after the game. Yeah, the fact that he was able to walk compared to the last time where, like, he wasn't even able to walk, like, I was... And they, this time was doubtful, so I was like, okay, it's not... It's bad, but it's not... As I bad. think they were just trying to give fans a little bit of inkling of hope, just in case things went to shit. <laughs> but luckily, this team just doesn't let things get to shit versus the Cavs. I mean, so. he would have he came out the tunnel in Game 6. And been Willis Reed! <laughs> Shout out number 19, Patch. He would have done it for him this year. Um, let's see. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. Chris Bernhardt, he says, Schwinn, you're not thinking hard enough. You got to think like the great, the them old ass bucks might be done soon. And Giannis doesn't want to, Def doesn't want to rebuild, carry the hell on. Um, does Giannis just actually Mr. Robinson? I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be uh, one of them good problems to have. I I don't know. I, I Giannis, I just can't see leaving. To be honest, he already won a chip. Like, does he? he I mean, maybe he wants to win more. I mean, I'm sure. Are you he saying he doesn't have a dog in him? I'm just saying, like, once you win a championship, I think he just wants to make like milk and cooks cookies jokes for the rest of his I mean career. once you do it the way he's did it he's done it like I I really don't know if he has to win another championship to like justify anything about his career like he literally does he's won everything in Milwaukee that there is to win in fucking Milwaukee like six man of the year I okay yeah he can go off the bench one year and probably probably do that uh actually if he just starts every game on the bench but checks in a minute later that should technically qualify him for six man of the year. So I'm sure all the Boston sports media will vote for him then. Um, totally. So, yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know. The honest thing is always weird to me because I'm like, I don't really see, I just can't see him leaving. That's a square man. Let's see yep. what else we got. Okay, 420 says 57 of y'all in here. Hit the like button if you don't smell like Ohio air. 57. Of y'all for every point that Julius Randle scored in a fucking game against the Timberwolves, where he choked again. Anyway, all right. I'm... Can't believe I'm the one telling Tyrese. All right, now after this Randall comments, don't even say his name. It's oh, 30. oh wow, it's on the number basis now. Wow, it's it, yep, it's thirty. <laughs> Um, Brent says it is beautiful to see a young team grow together and overcome in order to make the playoffs after a couple of years, then be the opposing team and ruin their dreams. He's talking about the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about the Cavs. Interesting. Tyree's had his heart broken. Damn right. I mean, for for the Cavs, I mean, like, I don't really like. I didn't really like see them as this like cool team that like overcame to like make the playoffs. They they traded freaking Donovan Mitchell. They didn't overcome bullshit. It's like if the it's like if the school geek got a bag and started wearing like Louis Vuitton. Like you're still a geek. It doesn't matter. You're just a broke geek. So you were a bully in high school. Is that what you're 
<laughs> that is definitely what Tyrese is loosely telling us right now. Sam, no, I would, uh, Sam would have to deal with you strongly. <laughs> He'd have to discipline you. <laughs> he would send you to detention. <laughs> Pause. What? That's the crazy. That's a crazy pause. That's like the. <laughs> that's the wildest pause. I don't, think, pause. I don't even think Cameron and Mace would pause that. Like that's no. like insane. No, that's that's absolutely a pause. What are you talking about? No. Um. Yeah, like the Cavs didn't overcome anything. What did they overcome? They missed the playoffs last year because they had a bunch of injuries that derailed their season, and they got and then they traded all their shit for Donovan Mitchell. Like, okay. Yep. I'm happy you, to ruin their dreams. Fuck them. Fuck their dreams. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I don't give a shit about them. Like, the Knicks just have had a great fucking season. They're still having it. Uh, and there are things that, like, like the RJ stuff, like, he, again, I, we all criticized him a shit ton this year. But, um, like at least some of us didn't want to trade him for OG and Anobi, and I feel vindicated by that. And, but like you know, in, in all honesty, I just think RJ. Like when you see when he plays like this, this is kind of like why this season was so frustrating. Because you're like, well, what the fuck? Like, what is going on with him? And these last three games, you take a look, and it's like, okay, well, you know, th- this is what happens with young players right now. Sometimes they have bad seasons and they grow at these different rates, and maybe this is him like. Maybe he needed this playoff series to just be like, oh, yeah, fuck. I'll just do all these things. Um, that would be cool. He, he just needs, if I had one wish, and he looks outside, and that's what happened. <laughs> and, and now he's now he's whole again. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know what it is, but that's... We'll never know, maybe. Yeah, and that's kind of what you're dealing with, though, with young players, people, whatever, is it's can be that's unpredictable myth- at times. So mythical lore. Yeah. So you see that that like that gives you that's like part of why rooting for a team of guys that your organization drafted and they've stuck with and they've acquired and all like 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 Randall was a guy they signed in free agency. He was not some coveted target. He was a guy that was like their backup plan. I mean, he was their backup plan. Let's like we can be real. He was straight up their backup plan. Um, But they signed him. And then they extend him. And they extend him to a below-max contract, right? So it's not like he's on some huge fucking mega deal here. Uh, so they extend him. Then, you know, they do all this stuff and get Jalen Brunson, who's not been an all-star. And it's like, why are they doing all this just for Jalen Brunson, right? You know, they get Isaiah Hardenstein, who's bounced around the league, just been a nice backup center. Like, they've, they've all the guys they've even traded for, signed, whatever, they really feel like guys that have, you know, they've, kind of entrusted and empowered in a lot of ways. And then you get the guys they've drafted, obviously, like RJ, Mitch, IQ, Obi, uh, you know, Grimes, Deuce, Sims. Like, you know, I mean, he's obviously not some amazing player, but, like, the guy's like an NBA player. You know, like, he's an NBA player. He's a third-string big who gave them minutes this year when Mitch went down at a point and the team didn't fucking crater and have a miserable, like, they didn't just, like, totally fall into a rut. Um, like he deserves credit for that too. These are all guys they've drafted and developed and they've found and developed and they've traded for when other teams didn't want them or whatever it was. And like, this is a lot more satisfying for me as a fan than doing the whole, like, Oh, get save up, save up and then trade for a star shit that like everybody thinks is like the 
ultimate goal of what you're doing. I feel like this is a much more satisfying turn of events as a fan. I care about this team more than I would have cared about a team that if they risked it all for Donovan Mitchell or risked it all for star Y or whoever the fuck people would want wanted at various times, this feels more rewarding. It feels more satisfying. And um, I'm fucking thrilled watching this team. And it's why like, when I am wrong about a player or whatever, I don't give a shit. I'm happy. Like I want this team to be good. I want this team to fucking win ball games. So, you know, I'm invested in these players, obviously not to the same degree the front office is, uh, but like I'm invested in these players as a fan. And so like, I don't want RJ to stink, but when he stinks, I get annoyed because I'm like, you gotta let people know that he's stinking. Well, not just that. I'm like, I want you to be good. I'm actually very invested in you being good as a fan. Can you do that? And I know you can do it because I've seen you do it before. Just please do it. He's doing it now. And like, it's why I get annoyed when, when Julius Randall like has a terrible season where he looks like he wants to fucking murder all of his teammates. <laughs> and like, I, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I get annoyed by that shit, but like, what, like these guys are all here. Like they're, they're part of the team. I want them to be good. So this is all much more rewarding for me than like, Oh yeah, we traded a bunch of shit, got down to Mitchell. And we won 50 ball games. Like, yeah. Okay. And great. Now we're out in the first round. Yeah. I mean, like that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like, and you know, the Cavs. Go ask their fans. They had a good season. Go ask them how rewarding this season was as a fan. Even if the Knicks had lost the series, I'd have been sitting here being like, "Yeah, I'm pretty happy with this season. I feel like we're headed in the right place." And it is what it is. So, you know, I think this is, you know, yeah, two hour burial of the Cavs. Maybe that should be the title of this if we ever titled episodes. But like. It is what it is. The, the Knicks buried the Cavs for five games. We can bury them for two hours after, send some nice words about them. But beat the shit out of them, too. Yeah. Beat the, and we pissed them the grape. Yeah. Yeah. It's it just like it, you look at two teams that went about building their teams in very different ways, kind of, uh, at least entering this season. Not saying one way is right or wrong, but as a fan, nope. I know, nope, I know which. We are. Well, we are. I mean, I know as a fan, I know which one is more enjoyable satisfying meaningful whatever you however you want to phrase it um and it's definitely this one and yeah i'm looking forward to whoever we play in the second round looks like miami will have to win a game six at home uh to be our opponent we'll see what happens we will see what happens that entire sprint diary chart was just him going "Ooh, these young pick my dick hard (laughs) okay and that's 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 fine though but you know Previous comments. Pause. About exactly. detention. Exactly. <laughs> detention that, is pause, but you know. But Terry that's a reference. That. But that's but that's a reference. So. All right. Why is it's Ben reference Stiller, to a very Ben Stiller is Ben Stiller is doing the face. Everybody's doing the Jalen Brunson celebration. I will it's not great. be doing it. Do what it does once it even it. mean? Hey, I'll screenshot again. Hey, that's my profile picture. <laughs> Please find a better profile picture. <laughs> All right. I think on that note, we can end the stream here. Shout out to everyone that was rocking with us. I think we had like 60 plus viewers at one point. Make sure you leave a like. Make sure you subscribe. We're on our way to 1K subs. Um, Knicks win. And we advanced to the second round for the first time in... 10 years second time in the last what is it 20 years crazy shit 
crazy shit crazy stats um make sure you guys check out everything strictly related in the description we got links to the site merch we got brand new merch we just launched new merch today so check it all out make sure you guys check out the links to twitter and patreon all great ways to support and follow us um we're also on instagram at the strict.land over here as, as you see in the corner of your screen we will be back i guess whenever the knicks play again and depending on these first round series, if they go the distance, that will be next week. So everyone enjoy these, not these next couple days dancing and pissing on the graves of Cavs fans who have been crying this whole series. Um, and all their beat reporters saying that we didn't have shit for them. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy these next couple days. We all deserve it as Knicks fans. We've been through the ringer and here we are now one step closer to the NBA finals. All right, everyone enjoy your next couple days and peace out. Fuck him, Rush.